This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Betting Weekly Game Bets Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers. It's the first major of 2023. The Australian Open starts in a couple of days' time in Australia, in the Melbourne. And I'm delighted to say joining me is the senior ATP Tour handicapper for Because We Win. It's uh, Sean Calvert, my co-host, my buddy and my good friend. And we're looking ahead to the first major. Are you excited, Sean? I am. I'm always excited, first major of the season, but don't get too carried away. That's that's a lot of people dive in, don't they? When they when, when they see these draws, they go, "Oh God, he's going to beat him, and he's going to beat him, and that's a great match." And I'm looking forward to that. And then the next thing you know, you've had about 15 bets, and you know you, you've done your chips on the first day. You've got, to be, you, you've got to be careful. Have you been stalking me? What you just said there is pretty much what I've just done. I've been in the stalking last, you. I can assure you that. <laughs> Who did you say that to? Well, if you, if you if you did stalk me, you'd have more ammunition than what you just said there. I could guarantee it. There'd be much more talking points than what me having fifteen bets in the first round in the Australian Open. No, I, uh, I assure you, I haven't been stalking you. Okay, but you know the thing is, is what you what you said there is what was one of my talking points at the start of this conversation. Was going to say I was going to say, you know, how do you go into the first major of the year? You know, you, you you've done this for a long, long time now. You've you know, mm. been involved in betting, been involved in, in, in tennis betting for a long, long time. How's the uh, historically, how's the Australian Open fared for you? It's it's one of the toughest of the year. It's it's this and the French Open are the two uh, least likely to to produce underdog winners. I mean th- I think it's twenty two percent of of the underdogs win at the Australian Open. Um Sorry, yeah, yeah, about roughly, roughly 22, and it's, which is similar to the French Open. Um, and the way that I, for a lot of people, that's fine. A lot of people will just have 1.04 shots in, in big accumulators, you know, five, six, seven, eight, eight match parlays or whatever. That's that's not my style of betting. I, I always try and go for the value, which is much harder to find in Grand Slams. You know, it always has been. And, and Australian Open and, and the French are the two, you know, statistically least likely to give you a good return as a, an underdog backer. But what do you think that is? You think it's that uh, you know the the players. You would have thought you know the, the just the longer is... format as well. The longer format generally means the better player wins. Yeah, but the, you know, the if, you... if 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 you spoke to most sort of novice betters, they always think that the Australian was one they can get the favourite beat. Potentially, but the stats don't don't suggest that. I mean, not not the ones that I've seen. Certainly in the last last thirteen years, of which I've got data for. As I say, the average is is 22, 23% of, of underdogs. You sometimes get some very, very big prices. You know, they get the occasional favorite beating at, at you know, 1.03 or 4 or something like that. But long term, it's, it's it's not, you don't get that many underdog winners. As I say, only 22%. So it's about 78% of the favorites win. So but those are the stats. So don't you, don't turn off yet. <laughs> that's, that's just, the, that's how it is. That's, that's the reality. You know, we're not going to yeah. come here and say there's low underdogs are going to win because. 
statistically, you know, they're not. But uh, you've got to choose the right ones. And that's where the but skill we want to find fifty percent. We want to find fifty percent of the twenty-two percent, don't we? Yeah, that's what we're exactly. Yeah, and that's what we're going to do. Which is which is hard to do, but we'll we'll try. We'll give it a go, like that, we always that, do. That is what we're going to do here. Uh, so anyway, it's the first major of twenty twenty-three. It's the Australian Open. And it's no surprise, you know, the, the, the top of the betting sort of looks as how you would expect it to be. It's uh, dominated by Novak Djokovic, obviously one in Adelaide. Let's have a look at the outright prices here uh, with BetRivers. And if you look at the draw, Sean, we, 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 oh, I've, given the, I've given the selected matches there, but let me find the, um, the outright draw. Have you got it? Right. Okay. So if you look at the, the outright markets, um, Djokovic is minus 122. Daniel Medvedev is plus $6. But mm. the draw is very, very heavily weighted on the uh, on the, on the on the top half of the draw, isn't it? The top half of the draw is very, very heavily overweighted in, in, in favour of the favourites. If you look at the bottom half of the draw, it's much weaker where Djokovic finds himself in. That's why he's minus 122 to win this. But um, they're the yeah. outright markets. Minus 122, Djokovic plus $6, Medvedev. <clears throat> Plus fourteen hundred, uh, Nick Kyrgios, the same price as Rafael Nadal, which we'll come on to as well. Felix Auger his team ended last season fantastically well at sixteen hundred. Taylor Fritz leading the American hopes at plus sixteen hundred, and Stefanos Tsitsipas also at the same price at plus sixteen hundred. Um, there it is. But mm-hmm. We say the top half very very heavily weighted. The bottom half obviously offers a little bit more uh, each way value. And I know you're keen on Rafa here. Um, mm-hmm. The price has obviously gone down since we spoke about it um, on Game Better Match last week. Are you still in the yeah. Rafa camp? Well, I am because I've, I've got him at 20 to 1. So, <laughs> yes, I am. And I, I wouldn't put anybody off backing him at, at plus 1,400 either. You know, the, the statistics of of, of Nadal uh, on an outdoor hardcore over the last sort of 12 months, they're, they're second only to Alcaraz. Now, there is a slight caveat in that, in the sense that Djokovic only played three matches on outdoor hard last year. Let's assume that Djokovic would be would be right up there with Nadal. The only other one is, the only other two, sorry, that are right at the top are Alcaraz and Medvedev. And Medvedev's stats are, seem to be slightly on the way down after that mediocre season that he had last year. Um, th- this price on Nadal is, is all about the fact that he, he's just started the season poorly. He ended last season poorly because of injuries. Started this season looking very, very rusty, but you know he's he's going to be ready for this first match. He's got Jack Japer in the first round. He's not going to. He's looked at that draw. He's not going to look at that draw and think, "Well, I can, I can ease my way." And I've got Pablo Andujar in round one and Munar in round two, and I can, I can cruise through slightly to round round three and then get going. He's got to be on it straight away against Draper. And um, yeah, it's got a tough draw as well. You know, that Q one that we talked about the other day. It's got plenty of, uh, of possibilities in it, including Medvedev uh, and and several others. So. It's a tough draw. That that's why Nadal is fourteen uh, plus fourteen hundred. But I'm I'm happy with it. You know, when Nadal and Djokovic have started slams, they've tended to win them. You know, they don't they don't lose slams very often. So normally either Djokovic or, or Nadal if they're in it. Uh, and I'm perfectly happy to take that as, even as a trading price. You know, if he gets through to the, sort of semis and maybe he's not looking great, then you know he'll still be a much shorter price than that. So happy with that as one of my picks. Well, if he wins the first round match against Jack, Jack Draper, obviously Jack Draper's obviously a very popular selection with a lot of people over here on this, this side of the pond. But uh, if he beats Jack Draper in the first round, he's going to be single figures, I think. Mm-hmm. By, no, by I think that match. The thing about Draper as well is, you know, is he? You know, we've we've all seen how good he can be over the best of three. But he said himself, he's been ill a couple of times during this preseason. He says his preseason hasn't gone ideally. He's not done as much work as he as he would liked to have would have liked to have done because of this 
these couple of illnesses that he's talked about. So is he going to be fit enough to, to beat Nadal in a, in a pretty hot 30 degree day over five sets that, you know, it'd be, it would actually be ideal for Nadal if he won that sort of three, one, three, two, not so ideal, but a, a strong test for Nadal in the first round from someone like Drape. I think that would be ideal for him. Obviously if he loses the game's up, isn't it? But you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy with Nadal at that price. I, I think it's a price play. There's no doubt about Definitely, it. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's not. It's, it's not like I think Nadal price. is the man who's going to win it. I haven't come into this and gone, "Wow, Nadal's in great form. He's going to win." He's not. He's not in great form. But but that price is is everyone's it's got the price, and that's yeah, that's that's a, a generous price which we may be able to take advantage of later down the line. So, what price would you make him? What what in short, if, if if we had Calvert bookmakers, what price would Calvert bookmakers be offering Nadal to win this tournament? I wouldn't give you much. Well, Medvedev is what plus six hundred. Yeah. I mean, Nadal's got better stats on outdoor hard than Medvedev in the last 12 months. And he beat Medvedev in last, last year's final. I know he had to come from way from behind to, to do it. But statistically, you would put him in a similar price as Medvedev. The reason he's not is because he's got a tough draw and he's he's not looking good form, in good form. Yeah, but when it comes to the majors, the cream rises at to the top and Rafa Nadal... It does, yeah. Man. Did, 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 ask, you, ask you a question. If you mm. Rafa played Medvedev, which they could meet, is it the quarters... They could meet in the quarters. They're both in Q1, I think, aren't they? So, yeah. yeah. So, how yeah, they could meet so in the quarters. If, you, if you bet that game and Rafa had come through and looked really good, do you think that could potentially be a pick and match or slight favourite Medvedev? Yeah. I'd, I'd say it, it obviously depends what happens, how they've looked in the first four matches. But statistically, yeah, a pick and more possibly in Dahl's slight favourite, just depending on how impressive they looked in the first few rounds. My only problem with Rafa and my only problem with him is if he goes deep. That's that's my problem, and and in, in the heat, I think if he goes long in a long five set game, I think he's struggling. That's that's my issue. We'll see. I mean, this this is this is why Federer was was you know written off and twenty five to one uh, to win it in two thousand and seventeen, age thirty five and a half. He won it, and he won it the next year. Well, you have to. I'm not happy writing these. I know Federer has probably had less miles in the tank, less injuries and stuff like that. You could you could certainly argue that, but. It's just a price play, as you say. The thing is with it. The thing is with it. When you look at betting and you look at odds, you mm-hmm. have to put yourself as the better and as the bookmaker. Mm-hmm. Now, as a better, would I be happy to take twenty to one, Raphael Dell? Yes, hundred percent. As a bookmaker, would I want to take a hundred dollars to lose two thousand on Raphael Dell? I don't want that bet. It's value. So th- that's what I'm saying. It's com- it's complete value. So that's how you have to look at you have to you have to look at the, the odds and think would I would I be a player would I be a layer would it, how would I would I be and I think at twenty to one at fourteen now to one now if someone rang me up and said oh, Nigel I want to have a thousand dollars on Rafael Nadal I'd say no thanks but if someone offered me a thousand dollars on Novak Djokovic at minus one twenty two even though I think he's the most likely favourite mm. I'd say you can have more there's no problem I'm happy to take that bet. Yeah, obviously a smaller risk financially, isn't yeah, it? And, and, and yeah. we, we we don't know how Djokovic is. We, we haven't really talked about that yet. But you know, he's got this hamstring injury. Hamstring injury. He uh, he played a, a, an exhibition match against Kyrgios last night. He had taping on on his leg, Djokovic. So you know, he's no spring chicken. Thirty five or whatever he is, got a hamstring injury. He pulled out of a practice match against Medvedev a few days ago. It might just be precautionary. He's obviously felt a twinge in it. He might just be having that tape on and just just to make doubly sure it doesn't get worse. But if you've got a favourite at that price um, and he's got a hamstring injury, then I wouldn't be particularly keen on uh, on backing him. 
No, minus one twenty-two to me is a, a very, very short price on Novak Djokovic. Uh, you've also gone for a, you've got a big pick as well in the outrun market. Is you like a, an American hope that you like a very tasty price as well? Yeah, I've taken Tierfo hundred to one. Um, there's a lot to like about about that price on Tierfo. I mean, he came within a set, didn't he, of um, of the U.S. Open final uh, only sort of four or five months ago, lost to Alcaraz in a fifth set of the semi-final there. If you look at his last 10 main level matches played on outdoor hardcore, um, his service points won and return points won totals 104.8, which is pretty much the same as Sitsipas, uh, Rude, and Felix Auger Aliasim achieved it last season, 2022. Um, and his service hold break total is a, is a, is a huge 117.2, which is, and only Alcaraz can match that. I know this is over, over 10 matches, not over a whole season, but it's shown you the kind of level that TFO is playing right at this moment in the last few months. Uh, and he started this season well as well. You know, won the United Cup um, event unbeaten there. So he's playing with a, a great deal of confidence. And I think that semi-final run at the US Open, you know, when you do make a breakthrough like that as a player, that, that, that must give him a massive amount of confidence. The conditions will suit him as well. You know, aggressive player. Not many people are going to want to meet TFO in this draw. I know he's in the same part as Nadal, and that's kind of, why I've taken it, I've gone double-handed in that in that first quarter because it is so competitive. Um, I just think that's value. If, you, if you're looking at statistics and, and looking what TFO's achieved over the last few months, uh, sort of four or five months or so, and, and you, you're working it out to be the same as the likes of Sitsipas and, and Rude and Felix, and he's a much, much bigger price. And that, that's that's why I like it. It's, it's that place for the draw, though, isn't it, Sean? It's that... It's yeah. that draw placement that's made him the price that he should be if he was if he, if he was put in the fourth quarter tfo would be a third of the price he is now it'd it be shorter summer. yeah for sure yeah 100 yeah. percent. happy to take that i mean nadal and tfo i'm double landed in in q1 i think that's where the value lies uh personally well i've gone for a different approach <laughs> i've gone for a very different approach i've gone for the, the bottom half looking to find a weaker section of the draw and i, and I like mm-hmm. q4 and it's my man Taylor Fritz. I've I've said it to you countless times on our WhatsApp chats and and before. I think it's going to be fast. I think it's you know he's he's, he's progressing up the rankings. His form is getting better mm-hmm. and better. Uh, you, yeah. You're the man with the stats. You 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 know much more about me on the on the stats of it. But I just think he's got that kind of uh, persona about now of a, of a of a top ten player. Believes he's a top ten player, and I think he's going to be a breakthrough year theme. Um, obviously, with TFO on the United Cup, I think it's going to be a good tournament for the Americans in the men's and the women's as well. And I like Taylor Fritz. Um, I would want probably a little bit more than 1600, which is enough for yeah. a bet rivers, but I think the each way part of it, I don't think he's going to not get through to the semi finals. I think he comes through that draw. He plays Berrettini and Zverev, who two players he's actually beat already this year in the United Cup. Yeah, so I, I think Zverev he... is. is... Not I don't think you'll get. I don't, I don't think you'll even get to the. Really. He won't even get to the stage to play for it. No, but I think Berrettini will do, and I think having a, a recent win against him is a, is, a, is a big confidence booster. And mm. I think Fritz here is a dangerous opponent for Djokovic. So I, I've gone for the each way value. You've looked at potentially someone who come through Q one that you can mm. get really big price on who, who come through a difficult section. When I've gone for someone who's a relatively easy section that I think will we'll progress and, and can give a challenge. So we, we're coming at it from two different sides here. So mm-hmm. the outright picks, uh, we've got Rafa Nadal at plus 1,400 um, with Bet Rivers. We have TFO with Sean at a big price each way at uh, 100 to 1 plus 
huge money there for them. And I'm going to go for Taylor Fritz. I also like Taylor Fritz to win his quarter, which is um, uh, about plus $3 with Bet Rivers. I think that's a, a really nice bet. So we like the hopes of the Americans. It looks, it looks yeah. a bit taller for the Americans here. I mean, Fritz, Fritz, you know, conditions should be ideal for Fritz. My concern with him still is, is the fact that he doesn't come to the net enough. If he, if he got himself a net game, well, I can get on the shop and get one. He's got to, he's got to work at it. But if he can get himself a net game, I think it'd be it'd be very very dangerous. I think it's just I think that part of his game he, he needs to he needs to improve massively. But who's to say? I mean, you're right in what you say in in that Q4. He's he's certainly the favorite or one of the favorites to come through, and it, he does certainly have the game to beat Djokovic if Djokovic gets that far with his hamstring injury. So perfectly valid play. The only as I say, the only concern for me is that he, I think he needs to improve his. Four court game. No bet Djokovic. Yeah. Minus 122. Mm. What do you think? You, you're opposing? You're fading? You know, I you, would... you, you've, got to, you've got to be fading. I mean, it's not a bet I would ever take on. Is it anyone that's ever read any of my stuff or listened to any of these videos? I mean, there's no way I'm gonna bet I'm gonna put a bet on like that unless unless he was an absolute certainty, which yeah. So you, you're, he... you're you're a multi-millionaire, Sean. You're sitting there okay. in, in, in Calvert Towers. You've got the, the <laughs> East Wing, the West Wing. Lagan's in the Syrian pool. You've got a spare yeah. $100,000. Uh-huh. We have on Djokovic to win the US Open. No. That, that's all we need to know. That's all no. we need to know. I just so, think, I mean, he's not, he's not even fit, is he? This hamstring business. I mean, even without that, you know, at 35 years of age, you are going to be picking up these, these little niggling injuries here, there and everywhere. Um, and he's not, he's not, I know he's not lost a match in Australia since 2018. A lot of people have talked about that, haven't they? He's won like 50 odd matches in the road. Do you know who the last, the last two people were to beat him in Australia? It's a good quiz question. Songa. No. <laughs> I don't then. Hyun Chung. He was uh, my next pick. He was my next pick, actually. In 2018. And the one before that was Dennis Istam in 2017, both at the Australian Open. So no one's been in Australia since then. Um, on the basis of that, you would say he's a pretty decent favourite. But is he fit? You know, that, that that's my concern. You know, 35 years old with a hamstring injury. Not for me, really. No, 100%. And uh, I agree with you, minus 122. Although he has... He has been placed in that bottom half of the draw, which I do believe is is a weaker section. And yeah, hence you, the you, price. Yeah. You have to go with the logic of whether you pick someone at a big price who you think will negotiate their way through the bracket and come through, or you go for someone you think is going to get to the semi-finals or final uh, at, a, at a low price. And that's the strategy you have to play. Um, mm. There's a whole host of first round matches as well uh, in the men's singles. We've got um, 32 matches on. The first day of action, and you've picked your way through a couple of bets. You know you've been yeah. going through the matches and looking it's at a tricky a... card this Monday. This I think you know arguably Tuesday is, is perhaps holds more opportunities, but I haven't I haven't seen the schedule for Tuesday yet, and that's important as well because it's going to be super hot on uh, on Tuesday, thirty five degrees. Um, the other thing we haven't talked about actually, if we could just talk briefly about the weather because it's we mentioned this the other day. Melbourne weather is notoriously fickle. Um. On Monday, it's going to be around 29. Uh, Tuesday, getting up to 35, which is very, very, very hot weather to be playing tennis in. And it's going to be kind of humid as well because the thunderstorm's brewing. And then it dips down. The th- then the rain comes on Wednesday. It's supposed to rain on Wednesday. And Thursday, it's going to be 19 and cloudy. <laughs> so you know, there's a 16-degree disparity there between, between Tuesday and Thursday. You know, And the players have said uh, in the past that it does get quite a lot slower when it's not, when there's no sun. 
Um, so that's something to bear in mind as well for your bets. It's not it's not going to be solidly quick the whole the whole time. It'll be quick on Monday and Tuesday, I would have thought, but by Wednesday and Thursday, I'd say it'd be quite a lot slower. So look at these first round matches. So with the weather conditions, what kind of player do you you looking at who could who, who you want to be with? What's what's the demographic of the player you need to look at and what we need to do with the conditions and where's your thought think thought process on day one? Uh, day one is kind of it's kind of average, really. Um, uh, Monday, around about thirty degrees, which is kind of par for the course, really, for Australian summer. Um, the one bet that I did take in terms of just in terms of the scheduling is uh, was was I don't think the value has gone now. Was uh, Eubanks Christopher Eubanks against Quan? Uh, I took that a couple of days ago um, when Quan beat Draper uh, in Adelaide, which then made sure that he had to play another match, which he just played this morning, another three-set match against um, against Bautista Rigo, and he ended up winning that, didn't he, in the final set tiebreak. So he has played an absolute ton of tennis, seven matches this week in extremely hot conditions, and now he's got about a day to get himself from Adelaide to Melbourne and then get himself on the court against Eubanks. So I, I took the handicap and the, and the price on on Eubanks, which has now come in quite considerably. So it's, it's questionable value now, but you have to be quick on that one. Yeah, we've got some selected first round matches here, which we're going to share. I'm having problems. Is is that right? Yeah, there you go. Can you see that the matches now? Yep. Uh, yep so there, there's now. some there's some matches from very heavy favourites. Stefan sits are passing against Quinton Hallis, the guy that you mm-hmm. fancied last this week. Uh, Phyllis Orzielasim, a very heavy favourite of Possum Seal. Uh, Eubanks there, plus one thirty three against Quan, minus one sixty five. Uh, that money has come for Eubanks, but even so, plus one thirty three given the amount of tennis that Quan has played and, you know, the scheduling hasn't been fair to him. That's still a nice price, isn't it? But um, what yeah, else I mean, you, I just, anything else you like there? Sorry, I was just going to, I was just going to make another point about that. I mean, they've, they've played once before in, in Doha uh, and Eubanks actually won 50, 56% of his second serve points won against 44% that Quan won. So you, you would certainly, and Quan actually won that match, but, Eubanks won one more point in the match, so it was extremely closely contested. Um, and and the fact that Eubanks won quite a lot more points on his second serve suggests that he was superior from the back of the court. Um, and now Quan's going to be exhausted, so that's that was the that was the idea of that one. Um, yeah, I've got two other bets in this one. Do you want me to? Yeah, sure. Go you, through the, the, the floor is yours, Mister Calvert. The floor Excellent. is yours. <laughs> the first one, look, going from the top, then sits a pass against Halis. I've gone for a first set, uh, sits a pass to win the first set on a tiebreak seven six here, um, on the basis that sits a pass, as I've mentioned numerous times on the show, doesn't really break serve enough for my liking, um, and that's one of the reasons why he's yet to win a Grand Slam. Just doesn't does okay on serve, doesn't doesn't do enough on return. If you look at the stats from the last twelve months on outdoor hard courts at main level, there's, there's very, very little in it. Sitsipas is only 1% better on serve than Halley's, and he's a tiny, tiny 0.1% better on return. So they're, they're virtually identical stats. Sitsipas is 1% better. Um, and this year, I know that they've only played a few matches, but Halley's has held serve 94.4% of the time, and Sitsipas 92.6% of the time. So that that suggests to me that there's going to be a tiebreak or two in this. Um, Halis actually is, has a two nil head to head against Sitsipas, but it's 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 from many many years ago. It's it's, it's not that current, but but Halis won't fear Sitsipas based on the fact that he's beaten him in the past. Now the, the reason I've gone for Sitsipas seven six here is is because of the tiebreak record. Sitsipas 
has won about 60% of his tie breaks in the last year or so. And Halis has got a shocking record in tie breaks. He's won two of the 14 that he's played at main level um, in the last year. So if it does go to a tie break, which is pretty likely to, looking at the statistics of the pair of them, then you would strongly fancy Sitsipas to be the one to win it. Um, so I've taken that uh, as my first bet, plus 500 I got on that particular uh, outcome. Um, yeah, very happy with that one. I think it's good so, value. Yes, yeah, so, so Sitsipas to win the first set as a tie break at plus 500. And you, you've got another couple of angles in some of these matches as well you like. Yeah, I think Felix, you know, I've talked about him a few times in the past. I, I said before the start of the season, didn't I? He, the players that end the season, the previous season, well, don't necessarily start the season, the next season in great form. And so far, that's proved to be the case with Felix. He lost his um, minus 833 favourite, didn't he, against Popperin in um, in Adelaide. But it's his record in the first round of majors that I really want to talk about here. You know, he's he's played... 14 matches, 14 first round matches in slams. He's only won eight of them. So he's eight, six. Um, uh, and out of those 14 matches, one was a retirement, but he's only won two of them in straight sets. One of those was against Tiago Montero, the clay quarter at Wimbledon on grass. He won that in straight sets. And the other one was against um, the perennially injured Cedric Marcel Stebe as a lucky loser uh, here at the Australian Open. So all the others, he's either lost or won three, one or three, two. And this this just looks a tough a tough match against Pospisil. It might be slightly easier for Felix because he knows he knows Pospisil so well. They both know each other very well. That might make him a bit less stressed. But he always seems very very stressed at the start of majors, and he, he very often has to go a really long four or five sets um, to get the win. So I've I've taken the three one set betting to Felix here. Uh, I got three to one on that. I, think, I just feel like Pospisil. I, I would also not put anybody off the overs because. Um, nine of those 13 first round matches that Felix has played have gone over well they've gone to at least 37 games so there's a, a, a strong trend there for, for long matches I mean, he's a big uh, server as well possibly still, isn't he, you know, he can, yeah that, he can yeah, exactly. serve but he's healthy serve you know they're, they're both of them are dominating their serve so he, yeah what's the line 34 and a half 30, I think it was 30 I think it was about 34 and a half yeah that does that, that sound cheap just, so just... I mean, you, you you take a chance with Pospisil these days with his fitness. He isn't always, the, the, you know, he's always struggled with injuries throughout his career. But these these play, these guys have played a few times. Pospisil actually won the last time they played, um, which I think was in Vienna on indoor hard. Um, he won that, but they've always had competitive encounters. It's not like Felix is going to knock him off six two six three six one. I mean, that's that's very unlikely to happen. Mm. Um, so either over games, or I've taken the bigger price. Uh, the set betting three one to towards yeah Aliasim on that one. Yeah, over games thirty four and a half does sound very fair. Three one, another nice option at plus plus three plus three hundred, which is very tempting price really in the first round. You know, Sean doesn't do favourites as we know, so he's coming up with all these different angles. That's why I call him the, the protractor. He's the protractor. People, people don't need me to say that you know Djokovic is probably going to win at one point oh one or one point oh two, do they? I mean. <laughs> It's, that's not what people are looking for. I wouldn't I think have thought. The, I think the end, like, like it's it's all about the, the betting is all about what what would you do on the other side? You know, would you be happy? I always say to people, you know, what would you, you know if some if I if I knocked on your door and I said this and I want twenty thousand dollars on Djokovic to win this, would would you be happy to take it? You know, and 
when you take a favourite, you you need everything to go your way. Everything has to go your way in a, in a major mm. over two weeks. Now, if you look at favourites, as you said, this tournament is, is full of history of winning favourites. Djokovic, Nadal, Federer have been so dominant that people say that's the right strategy. It's the right strategy. It's the right strategy. But they forget mm-hmm. the times that they they lose, you know, and they do and they do you lose. You can't afford to lose much at one yeah, point. You, 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 yeah, exactly. So you have to keep getting it right, sort of two out of three every single time, which is which is very hard to do, and especially as they come towards the end of their career. Um, exactly. Anything else? Anything else that you like on the um, the first round? Yeah, the other match. It's not a bet, but it's something that I want to mention, which which sure. I think people should possibly bear in mind when they're, they're betting on the first round of this Australian Open. It's and this is about the example that I've taken here is the, is Ivashka against uh, our friend Botic van der Zanskulp. I think is how you pronounce that, it. That that French that that's um, that Dutch couple knew exactly how. I'm going to get them. I'm going to find them. I'm going to find them. I'm going to ask them to come on when Please he's in do. the final once and get them Please. to pronounce it. So, so you, I, you criticise me about my pronunciation. Uh, I can't I even pronounce you. Christopher Eubanks, let alone you uh, right with that. anybody else. Yeah, but so I'm going to get them <laughs> on to criticise your pronunciation of. Uh, that's fine. Uh, and happy to happy to take all criticism. Um, the thing here is, if you look at these two players, if you look at their statistics over the last uh, 12 months on outdoor hard main level, they're virtually identical. Um, they've won exactly the same ratio of of matches, which is 58.3%. Um, in terms of their service points, one and return points, one, Van der Zanschorp is, is slightly better, like 1% better. Um, and he's a, but he's a minus two minus two four four chance, I think, isn't he? Roughly what, what, minus two twenty five now. Minus two twenty five. That, that is, uh, and there's well, a reason in, for this. English odds, it's four to nine. Yeah, if if you were taking look at those bear stats, you would make Van der Zanskulp a slight favourite, not this short. And that the reason that he is this short is because Ivashka hasn't played since last the end of last October. Now the question you have got to ask yourself is, why is Ivashka here? And the answer. I'm not, maybe I'd be better not single him out, but the answer is quite probably or quite possibly money. Yeah. There's an awful lot of money at stake here. I mean, if we go, if we, I'm not sure people know about the the prize money, but if you lose in the round what in round one of the Australian Open, you get 106,000 Australian dollars, which is 74,000 US dollars. That's why I've entered it next year. <laughs> That's why I'm going to go through qualies. I don't think you'll get in on your ranking. I've got I've so, got a, a wild card. Or sixty thousand. You know the tournament director, do you? Sixty thousand. I know. I know my. <laughs> sixty thousand British pounds just for losing in the first. Now you have to be competitive now because a few years ago they brought a rule in, didn't they? Whereby because so many players were turning up injured, playing about six games, retiring, and then collecting their money. Now you have to put in some sort of an effort. But for for sixty thousand pounds or or seventy four thousand US dollars, how hard is it to put an effort in for like two or three hours? It just Ivashka withdrew from Adelaide, one, with unspecified reasons, like a week or so ago. So he hasn't played since the end of October. If he'd played a match or two, he would be perhaps slight underdog. So you've got to consider the reasons for some of these players playing. That a lot of these clay quarters in particular, they have got no no chance of winning this tournament. But they want this money, and rightly so, because they only get four chances a year to earn this kind of money. The rest of the year, it's it's, it's nowhere near this sort of money. So there is there is that motive, money motivation factor, which which you can you know you need to consider in in several of these matches. And that's just mm-hmm. the one I picked out as an example of two players whose data is broadly the same, but one player is much much shorter because he's played a couple of matches this season and Ivashka hasn't. And is the motivation there for Ivashka to to win, or is he here just to get that first round check? We'll know. 
on Monday. We'll, well, we'll that's see. We don't, but, we don't know. He we'll might have been see. practicing like a demon and and just just did withdrew from Adelaide because of maybe he was ill that day or you know or whatever. We, we don't know. But I think I bet Evashka last year probably three or four times. Every time mm. he didn't put any performance in at all. Well, there you he, go. He, he absolutely didn't. He's one of my fade lists. He's one of the players that I want. I want to fade completely. But, uh, but if you're looking at the bare stats, it should be a competitive match. But will it be? Well, we'll wait and see. So there's there's a well, few no. angles. You know, it's, it's some nice little ways of looking at the first round matches. Obviously, we've got um, a whole host of matches on on Sunday evening in, in the US, and also got some on Monday. We'll come back on Monday look at the the, the other games as well. Um, and the There's outright market to get through, isn't there? There is. It's it's crazy. There's so many different games and so many different opportunities. Obviously, Bet Rivers are betting running on these matches. You can watch uh, the the play as well. Uh, if you go onto the website, you've got so many different markets on the matches. Over twenty five different markets, thirty different markets on individual games, all the way betting through in play. And obviously, there's a lot of players that we like at big prices where you can actually bet them not only to win, you can bet them on the Asian handicap, oh, sorry, the Asian game handicap. You can bet them on the various different markets to get with those players. Uh, and the outright markets, Rafael Dell is the is the wrong price. We believe he's in a very very difficult part of the draw. But that's why he is the bad player he is, and he he thrives on these situations. He's plus fourteen hundred with Bet Rivers. We like that. TFO to go well, a hundred to one. You know, looking for a hundred to one shot, small bit of pizza money, have down TFO. And for me, Taylor Fritz. And if I was looking for one angle, I think Taylor Fritz to win quarter four. I really do think he's going to come through there. The two opponents he has, the main contenders in that next section he's beat them both this year so i like uh, taylor fritz and sean has all his picks there some very different angles big prices sits up has to win the first set seven six and a lot of other different nice price wages there uh remember you can download betting weekly game bet match on whichever podcast provider you prefer you can follow us and myself and sean and all the other fantastic handicappers we have at because we win on twitter and you can subscribe to us on YouTube at the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, and then any feedback, any questions you have, myself or Sean, you can fry them away for us. We're always there to answer anything you have. Uh, Sean, I hope you have a very, very profitable first day of matches. And uh, I hope we we come back. Uh, we haven't we, we this this season so far. We're slightly behind on the first couple of weeks. But like I say, it's the first couple of weeks. But one thing you the one thing you would well, say, just the passing shot to you, Sean, would be. The first major of the year, just keep it sort of, you know, keep the money in your back just pocket. Be a little circumspect. A little bit, yeah, yes. I mean, look, look what happened last week. Remember, I, I spoke about Adelaide. I said I just couldn't pick a winner. It ended up being won by a lucky loser who wasn't even in the draw in the first place when we talked about it. And Gasquet winning Auckland. Yeah. <laughs> first first hard court title, outdoor hard court title for 10 years. Crazy. You know, if you've, if you've, if you've had a little double on Quant and Gasquet... <laughs> You're a liar. Please let us know. Please let us know because you know you're, 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 you're a liar. No, nobody had a double. That that was that. Bet Rivers are laughing their way all the way to the bank on that on those results this week. But you know, we, we but we're saying that, and then that's one of the reasons why obviously minus one twenty two of Novak Djokovic could be a, a vulnerable favourite as well. But uh, like we say, keep the powder very dry. First major of the year, things happen. Favourites might come through statistically, but uh, let's be a little bit. Uh, 
careful in the opening week. Uh, Sean, I'll catch you later on in the week. With a, um, we're going to have loads of episodes of Game Better Match throughout the Australian Open, and I'll catch you then. But hopefully mm-hmm. you cash some tickets, and hopefully we come back a little bit more wealthier uh, in a couple of days' time. Take care, everyone, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. <laughs>